Mark 6, verse 52. Here's what I'm asking you to do, very familiar text tonight, one often preached to read during mission conferences. I'm going to ask you not to tune me out or turn me off like a television set, just because we're reading a verse of text very familiar to all of us concerning the subject of mission. Verse 52, for they consider not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful. Grateful for what you're doing right here, Victor. That's grateful for what you have done. Partly the literature that's been printed right here through this church and ministry, reaching countless, not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all across the world. Bibles printed, missionaries sent out, and missionaries supported. God, we're grateful for what you've done over the past decades through this church and the sacrificial giving of the people. And God, we're, we're not looking back, we're looking forward. We're looking forward to what you're going to do. And the problem without a doubt, there certainly are a few in here that have never participated in mission. We pray that this would be the week that they started. And for those that are just getting started, Lord, that this be the week that they take a step of faith, a larger step. God, we realize the time is short. God, I want to ask for forgiveness. We have not obeyed the Great Commission. We, we simply have not. Our vision has been too small. Our passion has been too weak. God, help us. Help us to refocus on eternity in Jesus' name. Amen. The miracle of the Lord. Uh, I just want to remind you, once again, tonight's a simple reminder of the Great Commission the responsibility of the Great Commission. Let me ask you, how do you believe it's possible to fulfill the Great Commission? Do you believe that God would ever give us a command that we could not obey? You think, Pastor, we're nearing 8 billion souls, and God expects us to reach with the gospel all 8 billion. God expects our vision to be that large. The field is still the world, and I know too many are focused on a city or a county. I've often talked to pastors. They say, preacher, it's just frustrating. We live in a city uh, so small. We live in a county so small. We live in an area so small. And uh, no, no, uh, that county, that city, that area is not your field. The world is still our field. Never would we run out of people to reach. Uh, our vision is 8 billion souls, 195 countries. And uh, 6,500 languages. Aren't you glad that you get to participate in God's great vision of reaching the world with the gospel? Here's the problem. The Bible speaks of the disciples. Their heart was what? Heart was hard. Have you ever found yourself there? No matter how much you go to church, read, pray. When it comes to reaching the world, our hearts are often hardened. Uh, but let's, let's consider for just a moment, reconsider for a moment, the miracle of the loaves. I want you to think, number one, as we look back to people of the 5,000, we'll read some of these texts. I'm going to read it tonight because most of you are, are so familiar, you could probably quote the verses. But we'll read a handful of these verses. We go to the message tonight. I want you to consider, first of all, the miracle of the multiplication. If we, if we know the story and think about it, I don't know how many times I've tried to walk through and think, exactly how did that happen? 
the, the multiplication. I know it says in verse 41, when he Christ had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, he blessed. Now, as soon as he blessed, we know something amazing is about ready to happen. A miracle is about ready to happen. I appreciate all the times this the Victor Doctor Press got ready to send out all that literature, boxes and college and crates. Uh, around the world, they stand and pray. God, we know before we do this, we need your blessing on every one of these scriptures. Amen. He's going to bless it and break it. Then he gave it to the disciples. He said it before them. Two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all these that did. Lord could have given us a few more details. Exactly how that happened. Did they end that out in baskets and every time someone took it, it was replenished? Uh, did, did they hand it individually and they broke it off and immediately was restored to its original size? We, we don't know the details. I don't want to add details where God didn't, but here's what we do know. He took five rows, two fishes, and fed 5,000 men. We've all done the math. It's that 15 or 20 or 25,000, whatever your math says in your mind. It doesn't matter. It's a lot of people. And he fed them all. The miracle was the multiplication. And here's why I enjoy missions. When we look at the miracle of the multiplication of God's word, it gives me all the confidence in the world that we can reach 8 billion souls. Your pastor has done a very eloquent job here in the Bible, in college, in teaching, in Sunday school, regular services telling you about the inspiration and preservation of God's Word. We don't need to go into any of that. But to think that here's Moses writing thousands of years ago in the desert, the book of the law, one copy that would only last which is possibly a decade or two in thousands of years later. Copies of those books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all over the world. The entirety of the, the Bible, 66 books, translated in 700 languages. The New Testament translated in 1,500 languages. And everywhere you go, everywhere you go, we're talking about communist China. I've seen boxes and boxes of Bible. I think that for some that say they smuggled Bibles and said, I don't think they were for when I was in college. I actually saw them selling in the interior of China Bibles in stores. Communists, I mean, I've seen the MP3 players in North Korea, the, what most would consider the most closed country in the world. Their religion is their president worshiping uh, what they call. You say the, the, the worship of Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un and, and, and these men, their leaders, and yet in the midst of that, coronavirus means death. But God has spread throughout North Korea the Bible recording MP3 players and this type of books and, and songs and the, the gospel in its entirety. I don't care where you go, we, we've been to the mountains of in, in the Philippines, and you think you, you've dealt with some of the most secluded places in the world, Zimbabwe, Uganda, South Africa, but it doesn't matter where you go, you know what you find? God's Word. That's the miracle of multiplication. 
the things that Paul would write a letter there to the church of Corinth, or just right to the churches of Galatia, one singular copy, not, not a single one of those words lost. They're preserving everyone. And multiply. How many, how many copies do you have in your house, or in your car, in your closet, in your story? The miracle of multiplication. I remember years ago, uh, Brother Ford called me up and said, Dad, would you like some new Christmas spring that So we have a big holiday here in Mexico, and it's been a day, September 15th. And uh, if you could put it, and they, they made a special cover of 50,000 copies. And I remember, Brother Ford, you, you guys did so much in accommodating and in managing to get those, not just to the board of approval to Johnson, all the way down to the two facts, and then helping send men, and I believe between our church and Matt's church and the group, you guys had sent uh, around 50 or 60 of us gathered that night in strategic places around the city. And folks, I would not believe it had I not seen it with my own eyes. Uh, I thought at the moment that we had within an hour, within an hour, distributed 50,000 in general elements. Within an hour, I've never been in a place where almost everywhere you went, you were just hordes of people all carrying the gospel in their hands. Now, later on, we realized we had lost a few boxes in the stuff when they were my late story, that was 48,000 or 49,500. I don't know if we're trying to want to tonight. I don't know if there's a lot of scripture given to a lot of people in a short amount of time. I thank God. For the question, I think after this church, what you've done to participate in that. You think about Brother Gene and radio, and, and James recently went with him to you know, die Iraq and all this. And think about the gospel being preached 24 7 in the world. Multiplication. God is a God of multiplication. Years ago, we had a big old man in Jonathan and walked to church drunk and and literally, he didn't want to, to, to speak to me. It scared me. I, I didn't know what frame of mind he was in, but afterwards went to him. But, but the next guy went over to his house, and when I, when I arrived, uh, uh, here's this huge, huge box with a wall, gate, barbed wire fence, and uh, security guards, and you let us in. I, I didn't know at the time, but this one man with a multi-millionaire uh, distributor of bananas in the entire state. But the security guard, you walk by another security guard, and you go upstairs, there's another security guard. And when we walked in and sat down at his house, I brought my Bible, and so once again, told him the gospel, and guess what was sitting on his table? One of those 50 pound family Bibles. The miracle multiplication beat me to the house. The Word of God has made it past the security guard. Not one, not two, but three. In a place where if no, no one knocking doors and no one passed outside would ever be able to get the bread to that house. But God said, I'm in the business of delivering the bread where no one can get the bread. That's the miracle of the multiplication. And every single person here was given, he couldn't force them to eat. But God said, I want to make sure every single person gets his hand. On the bread. And let me say this that was only with 13 of the 20,000 participating. 13. And one of them was a no good. And one was a kid. Amen. 
I'm saying that you aren't going to see the miracle considered the miracle of the organization. Look what it says in verse 39. He commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. They sat down in rings by hundreds and by fifties. Now, my spiritual gift is the gift of administration. I like order. I like structure. If you looked at our church property and our attendance every Sunday morning, we'll be coming to the Spanish church have right at 600 people on that property. You look at our dorm and our building and our space, you say, preacher, that's impossible. I know it's impossible. But we shift and rotate and squeeze. We use every inch of that building. We have screens all over the place. But 600 people and 20,000 people? I don't even want that job. If I had weeks to prepare in order to put people in the right places and make sure everyone knew their duties, Richard, would you want to be the one in charge of organizing the distribution of fish and bread because there are food allergies? There's some that don't like fish. There's some that don't like barley. Some that want a bigger piece and some that want a smaller portion. There's some that are way back and some up close. Now, here's the miracle in this. When we talk about getting the gospel to every single person around the world, have you ever considered the miracle of the organization? Anybody here know anything about anybody Baptist? Have you ever found three that can get along for more than a month at a time? Have you ever considered everyone has different methodology and styles and standards and preferences and a different history and using one across the road when the other can't get along and, and you consider God calls up a man? How do we determine where he goes? We don't have a board to determine the distribution of missionaries around the world. And, and we need 10 in this country and 28 in this country. No, there's no one to organize any of that. You have one called up here, and you get to have to bounce around from state to state, raise support, and visit uh, churches you've never been to, and talk to preachers that if they found out more about him, wouldn't even like. His doctrinal stands in the church that he's coming from, and you have some that support 25 a month, and others support 225 a month. And the conferences? Anybody here ever visited missions conferences? Some have three missionaries, some don't have any missionaries, some have a Sunday, uh, four Sundays uh, a month, a designated month that missions the emphasis. Some churches give 20000 a year, some give a million a year to missions. Who's organizing all that? Who's organizing where they're going and how long they stay and what they're thinking and, and, and who does the radio and who does Bible training and who organizes what missionaries get the New Testaments and which ones get the full Bibles and which ones don't get any at all? Have you considered eight billion people that need to hear the gospel? And every independent doctor is so independent. He figured out the perfect way to reach the world. He just never reached the world. 
Are you okay tonight? You know who's organizing that? How is it that the gospel is embracing it? I need to tell you folks, what we do, we make the serious mistake of judging the success of missions and in, in judging the success of Christians fulfilling the Great Commission by the number, counting the number of American missionaries in a country. That's a big mistake. God is much bigger than that. And I hate to break the bad news, but God can even use someone that's not a Baptist to reach someone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God can use someone that's not your type of independent Baptist. But God is using countless thousands of national pastors around the world. But who's in charge of the organization? You know who's in charge here? The Lord Jesus Christ. And you know who's still in charge of the organization? The Lord Jesus Christ. Still calling men, still placing men. And I've met the men, very imperfect men. I, the more I travel, the more I meet people. I have the privilege, whether it's, it's Rick Martin or uh, Louis Ramos or uh, Gardner Gentry, uh, Doug Stiffen, you, you name it, big work, small work, uh, some of the most unassuming presences. If, if you listen to them preach, you say, how in the world? How in the world? If you heard them speak the language, the dialect, of the people they're trying to reach, how does Kevin win? Why are the Spanish language? And on 15,000 people a Sunday in church. And now there's a speak perfect Spanish. 185. If you met Brother Rick Martin, the most unassuming personality on the planet, and you still here's a man that through his Bible college students got used to start over a thousand churches. Many of those graduates have started Bible colleges, and they're now planning churches. Dr. Sisson, you know, you read Dr. Sisson's prayer letter, and you think he's got a little something, something going on, and we go over to Pastor Thompson's preacher, and there's a, there is a gymnasium packed with preachers in a, it, it, it goes with choir, which flavor is of the day. This choir has 200 people, and this choir has 250 people in I said, have you ever had a church split? He said, we, we've got a point where we split our church every year. I said, you split it? He said, yeah, we take about 80, we send them off to start a church over here, and make sure we'll split again, send them off to start another church. Aren't, you know what that is? This divine organization. What's the God in heaven saying, I'm going to use Peter and John and James by our Bartholomew, and, and, and these men that are very imperfect, and they, they don't know how to pass out. If, if, if there were 20,000 people, according to my map, it's about 1,666. Sounds like the mark of the beast, doesn't it? 1,666 people apiece. They're, they're supposed to get fish and bread to. Do you trust them to do that? Not skip anyone? That's called the miracle of the organization. Amen? Go to John 6, the sister text here. Let's talk about the miracle of the glorification. 
Look what it says in John 6, 13. Therefore they gathered them together to a twelve baskets with the fragments of five body loaves, which remained over and above under them that did eat. Now, I'm a perfectionist, and we have big day. We just had our anniversary Sunday, and only we do barbecue on the ground. But when you're in our church in our limited facility, and you see six, seven, eight hundred people at a time, it takes precision. I don't like lying. I don't like anybody to sit out there to stand out there in a line for not even five minutes, preacher. I want to have enough lines and enough places and enough exits for everyone to be able to get out, get their food. I want them to find a chair. I don't want kids mingling with adults and teenagers tripping over adults. And there's a lot of preparation that goes into that, a lot of organization, because at the end of the day, I want their experience to be as pleasant as possible. So we're shooting for perfection. From the dismissal to the seating to the seating. But this is a very limited amount. And you know what we do every year? We've been doing this now, been passed up for 12 years, preacher. Every year, the day after an event like that, I get with Steph and say, we could have fixed this, we could have done that. We had a child hurt. We were, we were lacking in space over here. We had people looking for chairs. And every 12 consecutive years, I looked, there were times I was frustrated. There were times I was angry. There were times I was upset because I thought I'd given clear instruction. And whatever the plan that we had formulated just didn't seem to come to pass. Now, can you imagine these men had no previous instructions? These people had no previous instructions. But the Lord Jesus Christ is going to take 12 men and feed 20,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. And instead of people leaving angered, frustrated, dejected, or hungry, they all left and glorified God and said, this is of truth, that prophet, the Messiah, he was glorified. Now, I promise you this, I don't care uh, what administrative skills a man has, or what abilities, what kind of, if you put this project in the hands of the federal government, it would have taken six months to organize it. Uh, 10,000 people would have been left hungry, and they would have had to go purchase another 5,000 pounds of fish and 10,000 pounds of bread. It would have been disaster from start to finish. But somehow God got glory in this. And, and let me tell you, God got glory in this story. God is getting glory in making sure why you ought to get involved. Because this is the area where God really gets glory. Let me tell you why. The great deliverer stepped in. Uh, number one, he delivered these people from hunger. Now, there's, there's a world out there that's hungry for the gospel. I've seen it. It's not often in Texas. I don't think it's melt before. It's, it's New Guinea. It's Malawi. It's Nicaragua. I tell these places, I've never been to a place quite like Nicaragua, where literally... If you, you stop and talk to someone about the gospel, and the longer you talk, the more someone gets interested 
and we would go strolling in three hours every morning, and normally in three hours we would talk to two or three people, because in every case, they're going to let you go all the way through the gospel. Now, only one out of five would get saved, but they're all, all willing to let you sit down and go all the way, as long as you want to take all the way through the gospel. There is a hunger in Zimbabwe. There is a hunger in some of these Malawi. I've, I've never seen anything like it in my, my entire life. There is a hunger, and here's what God says. I don't want to leave those people hungry. Now, here's, here's the problem. The problem is never God, never His plan, never His ability. The problem is always the disciples, and this is a sermon for another day, but it was the disciples that said, send them home. There's a coldness in Christianity. When, when you have a hunger around the world in Christianity, why have missing comforts? Send them home. Let someone else feed them. There's a tiredness. Here, here's what he says. Go right before the feet of Christ out. He said, Go rest. The, the, the disciples came to Christ. Tell them about all the things they had done, all their energy, all their activity, all the business, and Christ. He didn't say darkness. He didn't say you need uh, an energy drink. He didn't say you need to go on an intentional plan. He said, go rest. You're legitimately tired. You know what we have today? People legitimately don't worn out missions as an afterthought. Here's what Christ, for, for Christ, none of this is an afterthought. Here's what Christ said. I want to make sure every single person here is delivered from hunger. But he also did another favor. He delivered these disciples from looking silly. Can you imagine? They are the disciples. Each one has a piece of a fish and a piece of bread. If do the math. If there are five loaves and he break it. That means they have a piece of a loaf. Two fish. They have a piece of a fish. And 1,666 people to feed. So he feeds one. Let me, let me tell you right now. I never heard of a man named Thomas. Do you remember the surname? The nickname? Doubting. Right? Doubting Thomas? Just Doubting Thomas. I hope this holds out. I got 1,600 people to feed. You want a small portion? You look like a little man. Stay in, my friend. Eat a bite. You, you know, they could have gotten through 200 people and Christ could have left them hanging. Right? Now, let me tell you something about missions. Hey, you know why some of you haven't gotten involved in missions? Because you've seen the men that have come through, you say, I can preach better than him. That's a really lousy outline. You don't seem to be gifted in anything. I'm glad we're sending you 1,800 miles away because I don't know if you'd make it in the state. Say, preaching simple companies. I can do it because I'm a pastor and I'm a missionary. Amen? So I can pick on either, I think. I might, I might get myself in trouble, but I'll still do it. He kept these men. I remember years ago, me and Daryl Covenant going to, uh, to North Korea, and to my amazement, as we began to grow in our friendship, I talked to him. He was excited the first time I met him. He said, it's so incredible. He was at Brother Cameron's. We were sharing a room together. And I wake up, and he, he, 
I went to bed at night and he was preaching. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, he was the bathroom, and he was doing a discipleship lesson. I woke up at 6 in the morning, get back to the bathroom, and he was praying. I said, like, did you ever sleep at all? He said, I'll sleep when I time to sleep. Let, that's down the road, but right now we just got to do what we got to do. But he told me about this uh, organization that he formed in a, in a bread factory that was donated to him in North Korea, and I was going to get him the gospel, and he went over there and he smuggled six Korean Bibles in, baked them in bread, risked his life. He says, the stupidest thing ever did. He said, I came to the world and said, I'm going to my life. These are the bread that look like a Bible. That's real smooth. And then I said, I realized that they gave me that bread factory because in North Korea, people don't eat bread. They eat chemistry. They eat rice. They eat noodles. They don't eat bread. No wonder they gave it to me. I thought it was a miracle. God, it was a miracle. of God. Unbelievable. You know what kept me from looking silly? You know I ended up with all those converts because there's a God in heaven that says, I want you to do a job. You're going to look silly if you're off on your own, but I'm going to use you. I'm going to multiply the bread. The bread. You just distribute the bread. What you got for the miracle glorification? That, that, folks, I'm not attacking you tonight. I'm praising you tonight. But if, if we just take a look at Victory Baptist or Cap City Baptist or any other Baptist church, and, and you just wrote on paper everything they did for me over the past 20 years, hey, reaching the world, you'd laugh. And you'd say, what? What, what reality is this? And yet, God is glorified because you have an almighty God in heaven that gets involved with a rich bird and a dove. You guys know what you've done is not sufficient, but what I do through you is going to be a miracle. Amen? That's exactly what he did here. He meant to get glorified, and at the same time, he did disciples from looking silly. And then he delivered this boy. We all, all know. We all know who he delivered this boy from. Look at the Bible said. When they finished, verse 13, they gathered them together, John 6, 13, and filled what? Twelve baskets. Quick right Now, folks, I'm, I'm going to say this. That was the introduction. We just got to the message, but the message is short. I'm going to say this. I heard one of the best messages ever preached on this text, preached by your pastor, Cap City, called There is a Laugh. There's a Laugh here. Now, I am in this pulpit. I, I almost never do this, and I, I'm not stooping too far to do this, but we have a theological disagreement. Because he believes it's a lunch, and I don't believe it's a lunch. I believe it's groceries. How many of you have ever sent your kid to school with five loaves and two fishes? That's not right. And I'm talking that he was born. No kidding, boy. If you don't, you get your mother to send to the school with five loaves and two fishes. This is a food of poor people. Mama said, go grocery shopping. And he had no problem. Let me, let me tell you another reason this wasn't lunch. Did anybody, any boy, come to be sent out for the day and make it until 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening with his lunch in fact? Not happening. 
He's either going to eat it or take it for something better. You ain't bringing it home. Okay, theological argument for another day. That's why the only argument that you're preaching I have ever had in the past 15 years. Here's what I believe. I believe he went grocery shopping. And on the way back, he's a kid. He don't care about barley and fish. When's the last time you had barley and fish for dinner? You don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you, never. And guess how long it'll be before he do it? Never. That's a lousy dinner. But he bought groceries, and it word spread that they were looking for something. Jesus needed some food. Let me ask you this. If there's 20,000 people gathered, is this boy the only one in a whole bunch with food? Don't tell me, please, we'll get another theological argument. This crowd is Baptist. They let go with their house. I'm going to need that tomorrow. I don't care who's hungry today. That's for me. Those are my groceries. But here's a little boy that doesn't care anything about falling a fish, and he's still looking at the audience. Don't you love the way kids give? My kids are worried about parents popping their kids. You know, you know how many kids that I've seen bring their piggy banks in to their savings to, to, to church, to the mission shop, with a lot of giveaways, and some more would have, but there's a mom in that house, a dad in that house, and bank. No, son, you're not going to empty out your bank account. No, think about it. You need to pray about this. It's not that they need to pray about it. Mom and dad don't want them to do or take that step of faith they're about ready to take. I wonder if you would have been able to give that if you had his mom been there. But God kept that boy from going home empty. And for all the folks freaking you hear about God giving a basket to each one, he's not giving those hobos a basket. Can you imagine that boy if he runs through that door? Mom, you are not going to believe what's going on. We got some visitors. We got some food. Mom, I hope you like food because I certainly ain't more of that. Maybe we open up a grocery store. You know why God glorified missions? Because you give, and God gives, and the church gives. You know where a church is blessed? The, the further and deeper they get into this thing of missions, the more God is glorified. And they said, how does this work out financially? And how, how do we make all this work? God says, I make this work. He, he's glorified. Now, let's, let's make a few statements here concerning this. Uh, number one, let me just say this. Don't, when it comes to missions, don't miss the moment. You, you know what we're talking about the world? We're talking about what we're going to do next week, next year, when we get this together, when we take our faith promise pledge. I thank God for Rick Dawson, a man in my life, who, who taught me. I asked him, I, I said, I remember I was, Probably 21 years old. Brother Dawson went to Flossie taking me to Arizona. He said, if they come through, he's a good man, we take him on. I said, so how do you budget that? He said, we don't budget it. I said, how do you determine that? He said, God determines that. I said, what do you tell the people about it? He said, we stand up and say, we're going to take him on. So I decided to do it. 
Well, what's the problem in Mexico and Argentina? Because you don't have that missionary. That many missionaries come through. But what about a country about this church? The first year we have 54 missionaries come through. And I gather it's just good. You think he's really qualified? Oh, thank you. He's a good man. Thank you, Mom. I'm going to bury this church, but we'll keep him on. And we'll take him on. And we'll take him on. And we'll take him on. And guess what's happened over the past 12 years? God's blessed us. And in some years, we think the special price has gone between the two churches, 35, 40. And a matter of fact, the last year that we took on the Spanish church, I said, listen, I don't have time. We've got 1500 new additional dollars. We're not going to take someone off for $100 a month. I have to find 15 men. I don't want to risk that. Let's just find five good men that are training now. So we'll give them $500 apiece. You know what? You take advantage of the moment. You know where we're feeling? Here's what this boy did at the moment. There's a need. God, here's, here's the food. Others missed the moment. They could have walked home. You don't know how many people would have been blessed. A large family would have been blessed to walk home that day with 12 baskets full of food. But they missed the moment. Christians, let me tell you something about missions given. There are projects in our missional building meetings. I, I thank God uh, a long time ago. I thank God for uh, being a missionary. I, I thank God for the moment He came through for us. I remember years ago the, when we did our building, we put up the, the beams, and the, I was trying to teach how people live by faith and move by faith and act by faith. And we, when we started building that building, 400, 450 feet out at Torium, it's the, the Tower of Babel. It, it's large, an extremely large, beautiful building. Uh, but when we first started building, we didn't have a, a dollar in the bank. But those, you know, before he came down, you saw, I believe, that the new construction, the huge two-ton beams that we were putting in there. But we were pricing metal. Uh, we needed $27,000. Now, for our church in Mexico, $27,000, it might as well have been $250,000. But there's a point in it, Green Lines, to the fourth church, so we're going to take about out for word of we're going to do that. I placed the order of the lady in our church workers that still plant. And she said, now, Pastor, you do, you do understand. If we place this order, we have 15 days to make the payment, the full payment on this. And if we don't make the full payment, I am dead. She, she said, oh, you don't understand. I'm not talking about loss of job. I, I'm talking about it. And it's my life. And we placed $27,000 orders. And they cut it. And they grabbed it. And we did not pay for it. We took the offering is ten thousand dollars short, seventeen thousand dollars. I didn't put it in the letter. We prayed about it. Asked God to do a miracle. And, and I'll tell you what, I've never sweat so much in my life. I've never doubted God like that. We went a week, nothing happened, no phone calls, no miracles. The next Sunday, I knew better than take them another offering, but I had people call and say, where's the miracle pastor? So tell us about the blessing. So I don't have a blessing. I don't have a miracle. Sunday night, you can ask my wife. I went home. I said, I'm just going to spend all night praying. We've got to make a deposit in the morning. And we're all stopped, hung, dead. That step of faith has left us in serious trouble. I haven't been on my knees 30 minutes. And I got a phone call from Brother Wells at Corpus Christi. He said, Preacher Summary, we just had to take up an offering for you today. I said, uh, Brother Wells, let me guess, $17,000. He said, How did you know someone beat you to the price and gave you a phone call? I said, No. 
You're lucky you live a long ways away. I don't hug your neck until I choke you out. You know what someone did? Someone just listened to the Holy Spirit of God and said, Now, now is the moment. Church, if we're going to reach the world, we're going to have to step up like this board and just say, let's take advantage of the moment. There are missionaries. Here's, here's what I'm convinced of. We, we are so ridiculous. Now, i got to be careful because I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent here uh, or uh, voice my disapproval. The craziness of saying we, we need a, a missionary in every country. You know what you need? You need a missionary where the harvest is taking place. And right now there's a harvest in South America, and there's a harvest in the majority of the countries in, in South Africa. You go to Tanzania, uh, or Uganda, or Zambia, or Zimbabwe, there's an incredible harvest. Why aren't we flooding these places with scripture and gospel and workers? Now is our moment. Those windows, look, look at that in the Philippines. We looked at the ministries that were taking place in Guyana as well, in Trinidad as well. And there were opportunities in these schools where tens of thousands of kids were hearing the gospel preached every single day, and COVID shut that down in a second. How many of those schools are going to reopen? You know what we didn't do? Instead of flooding those areas with gospel and Bibles and New Testaments, and work because we sat back and talked about, you know, one of these days when our mission giving reaches this point, we'll throw more money at them. By then, the crowd's been dispersed and everybody's been fed and people's gone home and we're still talking about what we might do with our loaf in our state. We are missing the moment uh, Brother Gasway came through last year, and I've seen a bunch of money wasted in the 1040 window. It's one of those hot topics with me. The lack of logic among the independent Baptists. We have wasted millions of dollars because of our bullheaded government. While millions of souls have gone to hell that we've ignored, God help us to reach the harvest. God help us to reach the harvest. And God's given us a man and your brother Yazaway, who he's opened up the doors there in Egypt and training men in the Bible college. And here last year we do a Bible college and, and I, I thank God first time I was trying to give. And I went down there and I said, Son, we're gonna take up an offering and I, I'm gonna get five thousand. I'm gonna ask people to get five thousand. I said, Will you match your daddy? He hasn't even hit the road yet. Preacher, he didn't even have to say anything yet. He said, I'll give five thousand. You know what I appreciate? I appreciate his son just not looking to say, you know what, Dad, I already have preparation for that, and I plan for that. You know, if there's a moment here, there's a need here, there's an opportunity here. I'm not talking about tomorrow, I'm not talking about next month. God help us as Christians to step into the moment. Because missions is dependent upon us stepping into the moment. God, God help us. I'm not going to finish tonight. Uh, I'm not going to finish. I'm just going to tell you. For this time to increase our vision. So there, there's a world out there, and, and Christ said all, all 20,000, all, all 20,000. You know what he's saying today? All 8 billion. The field's not changed. The field is still the world. 
and God's still in the business of doing miracles, we just allowed our hearts to become hardened. What do you today? I'm asking what you, what are you doing? What are you personally doing? Here's what I said. I'm going to just, there are people in here never given, never, never made a faith promise. You know what you need to do tonight? You need to stop this moment, come down here to the altar and stand and get involved. I, my kid, I don't care if he's two months old. I don't care if he's, I, the newborn baby's back here. First thing I do, of course, mothers and our president said, you've made a faith promise for that child. Before they're ever saved, they need to develop the habit of giving it. So when they get saved, it's already established. 